2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. The Browns uh, had their locker clean out their exit interviews on Monday. But we're going to talk about, of course, the big news of the day, and that is the firing of defensive coordinator Joe Woods. I'm Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Let's just start with Joe, Mary Kay. Um we've talked a lot about him. We've talked, you know, you've made the case that maybe he shouldn't be the fall guy for this. He ends up being the the fall guy for this seven and 10 season that the Browns had, I I guess just your, your final thoughts here on Joe Woods, his time as the defensive coordinator and and sort of how this all ended for him.
1: Well, I still think it's unfortunate that Joe, you know, did have to take the fall for, I think, a defense that had a lot of issues and a lot of extenuating circumstances this season. And I have to wonder how things would have been different for him had, you know, some of those linebackers stayed healthy, had Perion Winfrey, you know, grown up a little bit sooner than he did. And I still think he's a work in progress. Uh, you know, had Miles not flipped his car, had Jadavian not gotten like really upset and disillusioned with the defense early on. I mean, now we know by September, October. I mean, he was not on board with the program. Um, had Denzel Ward not missed time with the concussion, Greg Newsom missing time with the concussion. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen how Joe could build on the second half of last season, but it wasn't to be. Uh, I think the fact that so many guys underperformed. So many talented players underperformed. I think they felt like we need to see if we can change one person or at least the defensive coordinator, because there will be other uh, defensive changes once the new coordinator comes in. But, you know, it's a lot easier to change the coach than it is to change all of the players. So I think they wanted to see if they can unlock the talent of all these players that were supposed to be so good this year. And a lot of them regressed. I mean, JOK didn't really get better the way that we thought he would. Greg Newsom moved into the nickel back role and did not build on his rookie season. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, they they really thought that Jordan Elliott was going to knock it out of the park, uh, and, and that just didn't happen. And so I think that's what they're looking for. I think they're looking for. Uh, again, a new energy, a new voice, a new pair of eyes on all these guys and see if they can pick up the level of talent of these players.
2: Ashley, it, it's, I mean, it's a tough thing for Joe Woods because there's a lot of reasons, you know, I could point to a lot of reasons he should be gone and I could point to a lot of reasons why uh, maybe he didn't get quite a fair shake this year. What, what were your thoughts kind of on the, on this decision now that it ultimately happened?
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think that's kind of it, right? Like, you can't separate him from the way this defense underperformed. And I think all year, you just felt this disconnect. And you felt it to some extent last year. But uh, to be fair to him, I wasn't covering this team the whole year last year. So my full season experience with him is this year. And there are multiple times where you you can think to, including today, where guys bring up things like, shortening the menu and and making things less confusing. And I thought going back through today, it's like JJ3 to me gave the best kind of answer about this, where Greg Newsom's the one who brought it up today about maybe simplifying things a bit, which is common. Like I think coach speak you hear whenever there's a coordinator change, we're probably going to hear it a lot coming up here really soon. So simplifying things so that guys can be thinking less and making plays more. Um, but JJ three said, it's not so much that the scheme that the schematics were too complicated. It was like that at times we would be trying to trick other teams and trick ourselves in the process. So I thought that was kind of a really interesting, like peek back behind the curtain. Now that Joe Woods time is over and that's how guys felt. And, you know, we saw like, even just the disconnect against Cincinnati, which I brought up before, but I think it's really it illustrates some issues here where guys were saying, oh, we should have doubled Jamar Chase more. And Joe Woods comes out and he's like, well, actually, after we reviewed the film, like, we did better in the one-on-one matchups with him or Denzel, you know, did better in the one-on-one matchups with him than we did when we were doubling him. Like, we had better results. Like, you just saw these things kind of piling up, bubbling up to the surface throughout the season um, to the point that, Hey, there. it's really hard not to justify trying to change the voice in the room at this point to see if you get a different result next year and can avoid, you know, your third straight season with a slow start.
2: So Mary Kay, you and Ashley have both sort of made the key point here, right? You know, and you, you laid it out as you're trying to change one person because you can't change however many people. So they're kind of rolling the dice. And yes, there are going to be defensive changes, right? But Miles Garrett is still going to be your star defensive end. Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome, Martin Emerson. The, these are the guys who are the core of your secondary. Grant Delpit probably still going to be here, especially after the strong finish to his season. Uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa going to be back and healthy. It, you know, we'll see what happens with a guy like Sione taki But they are sort of banking on this. You're going to bring in a new coordinator with a new scheme. And it's going to kind of supercharge these guys a little bit, which is a little bit of a roll of the dice, right?
1: Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think that, um, I think, again, they are looking to see if they can't change up every aspect of the defense from this season. Everything, I think, from the communication to the discipline to everything else. There were a lot of behavioral problems. There were a lot of guys that had to be benched for one thing or another. So do they think that somebody with a firmer hand uh, will do a better job with some of these guys? Um, you know, maybe get a better handle on Perion Winfrey, who needed to mature and grow up. Um, do they think that perhaps a new coordinator would have been able to manage Jadavian Clowney's issues better this season Maybe be more aware of them. I I do think that some players did not necessarily feel like they just had this open dialogue with Joe Woods, where they just did not. Even though there is an open door policy on the Browns, I don't know if they felt super comfortable just uh, you know just going back and forth with him the way you know the way they might have wanted to. So um, you know, I think that. That's going to be key. When Kevin Stefanski interviews these um, these coordinators, I think that piece of it, you know, the the leadership of that position and how the communication is going to happen and how the discipline is going to happen will be a big piece of it.
2: And, and there's, some, there's some interesting names. We're going to talk about those names just so everyone knows that, that after the break, we're going to, there's some interesting names that kind of fit what you just said, Mary Kay. Ashley, So I I think there's a, the last two years have sort of been about scapegoating a little bit. I think Um, you had Baker Mayfield last year, right? So you went out, you got Sean Watson and now it's kind of, all right, Kevin, you got to make this work. And if it doesn't, there's not really anybody else to sort of put this on now on the defensive side. It's the defense didn't live up to expectations. We're going to blame Joe Woods. Um, And, and, I will, I will mention, we talked to Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski today, and Andrew Barry didn't – they did not blame it all on Joe Woods. I want to make that clear. Um, I'm, I'm talking from a fan perspective. The defense was was not good enough. Everybody's going to blame it on Joe Woods. He's out. Going to bring in a new coordinator. But there's this sort of uncomfortable thing here where if this new coordinator comes in and this thing isn't fixed – now the people who acquired this talent don't have anywhere to hide. It's kind of comes back on them a little bit. And I, you know, this is something we've talked about. Like they do own a, a piece of, of this defense and sort of how they built this roster. Is, is it fair that, that I'm, is it fair for me to kind of say, like, if this doesn't work out, then maybe some figures are going to start pointing towards, towards Andrew Barry and some other people.
0: Maybe, but I do think like, if we're going to go down this road of the blame game and scapegoats, right? I do think for the people who put together this team, there is one more obvious scapegoat that could come under siege like next year, right? Like it's the way we talked about this today, Dan, you and I, the way that Joe Woods was talked about at the beginning of this season or was like, hey, this is kind of like the make or break year for Joe Woods was the conversation with him. Like, doesn't it feel like that could be or is going to be the way we talk about Kevin Stefanski next season. Cause it kind of feels like that to me, like you got rid of the defensive coordinator this year, but like next year you can't start slow and be like, Oh, I don't know. Like maybe we made a mistake at defensive coordinator or maybe Mike prefer needs to go like next year. I think if it would be a bad start or a bad result or a, another, underwhelming season I think a lot of the finger pointing more finger pointing especially on social media than already is happening is gonna head Kevin Stefanski's way and I think then that's when I personally would start to wonder like hey how safe is this guy or how hot is his seat um, in a way that I'm not currently wondering but I do think next year that's kind of when all gloves are off with him in year four as head coach here yeah
2: Mary Kay I mean that's sort of I guess I feel like everybody sort of enters next season on, I don't want to say like the hot seat, but like their seats a little warm next year, right? Like you get off to a slow start next year. The offense isn't very good. You know, the defense maybe doesn't live up to what you hoped it would have under a new coordinator. I think it gets a little bit uncomfortable. I think we've, we've reached that point here.
1: Well, it went in the wrong direction. I mean, it went in the wrong direction. If the Steelers can win nine games this season, certainly the Browns could have won more than seven games, and should have won more than seven games. And obviously, they are pinning that on the you know on the defense and the issues there on defense. I think there were uh, also plenty of issues on special teams that need to be addressed, and we didn't even get a straight answer yet out of Kevin Stefanski on whether or not he's going to retain Mike Prefer. when given the opportunity to say today that Mike Prefer is staying, he did not do that. So I don't know if that's the next thing to, you know, to think about or to wonder about, but, um, but certainly this, the program went in the wrong direction this year and it shouldn't have, even with Jacoby Brissett starting those 11 games, this should have been a talented enough team to win two or three more football games. And a lot of it came down to uh, the like losing the turnover battle too. I mean, they, you know, I think I I counted it up yesterday. They, I think they lost nine games when they didn't win the turnover battle. So, you know, that that's got to change next year somehow. They can't be, even yesterday, you can't be turning the ball over like that and then not taking it away. They started to take it away. Uh, But that's got to be a point of emphasis next season is not losing the turnover battle nine times um, or not winning it nine times. But, um, yeah, it's just to to regress, to regress from last year, because really, by all accounts, you know, I mean, I, I think we can agree that Jacoby Brissett is, you know, in some respects, better than Baker Mayfield, right? So they shouldn't have regressed this year. They should not have regressed with Deshaun starting six games and Jacoby starting 11. So it's it's a concern. They've got to get things straightened out in the offseason. They've got to get some new talent on offense. They need a couple of new receivers. They need to take a look at the offensive line and make sure they feel good about that. Um, They have to figure out Kevin and... And uh, Deshaun really have to put their heads together and make sure that the offense they're running and calling is 100% right for Deshaun Watson. It, it's, it's got to be a fit. And Deshaun is going to, he's, he's got to speak up. We can't have a situation like we did with Baker Mayfield, where he harbored all these resentments for a whole year because he hated the way that he was being used. I mean, that just can't happen. If Deshaun saw things in these last six games, uh, that he's concerned about, then now is the time to speak up and not to be shy about that.
2: Okay, let's take a break and then let's get into uh, some of the, by the way, I will say Mary Kay, yes, Jacoby Brissett this year was better than Baker Mayfield last year. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that's debatable. And, right. and Jacoby, by the way, had a career year too. So no excuses right. <laughs> for, uh, exactly. for this team. Um, let's take a break and then let's get into some of these names that came out today uh, for defensive court I'm back on the Orange Brown or Brown podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. All right, so let's go through uh, some of these names. There's some very familiar ones to, to Browns fans and football fans. Brian Flores, who, of course, uh, was the Dolphins head coach, uh, worked under Bill Belichick. Kind of similar to another guy the Browns are going to interview and in that he wasn't the defensive coordinator in New England because they don't really have a defensive coordinator. Um, but they sort of have a guy who's like it's kind of like those setups where like, you know, in Cincinnati, the owner is the GM, but Duke Tobin kind of does all the personnel work. They, they kind of have that set up with the, with the DC um, in new England. Uh, so Jared, Jared Mayo is the other guy that they are uh, talking to who's got those new England ties. He's currently their linebackers coach, similar situation to what Flores was before he took the dolphins job, Jim Schwartz, a very interesting name and a guy who's won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator, also like Flores, has head coaching experience uh, in Detroit. And also, as you pointed out, Mary Kay, started his career in personnel in Cleveland way back mm-hmm. in the day, part of the connection to Bill Belichick, of course. Uh, and the other name is Sean Desai, who is the Seahawks associate head coach uh, on defense. And I was kind of looking this up. He's, he's worked under Vic Fangio, who is one of the best defensive minds we've had in recent years um, in, in some time in Chicago. So an interesting list of names, Mary Kay, I guess who stands out to you on this list? Who, who kind of grabs you in, in that list of four names?
1: Well, you know, I keep thinking a lot about uh, Jim Schwartz because uh, Jim would bring the most experience as a coordinator. Uh, he would, he would bring some former head coaching experience. And I think it's always valuable to have that perspective. Uh, when you are a head coach, it's nice to have some people on your staff that have been in your shoes and understand what that's all about and what you need and what you uh, need to happen on those respective sides of the ball. Uh, so I'm very, very intrigued by him. Um, you know, I wonder what some of his former players would say about what it's like to work with him. I would really be uh, trying to find uh, guys that played for him when he was a defensive coordinator and see if he has the fit or the vibe that you're looking for from uh, a leadership coaching, communication and teaching standpoint. Um, But I know he loved his time here in Cleveland. I know he's one heck of a coach. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a tough minded guy. He's a, a no-nonsense kind of person, so I'm very intrigued by him, but, you know, I, I think I would tend uh, to go with someone that has coordinator experience over someone who doesn't, because you, you, know, you know what you're getting that way, right? I mean, you don't really know what Gerard Mayo is going to be able to do in terms of leading the whole thing, running the meetings, you know? like handling and even helping to hire a staff, assembling a staff and, and make sure that, you know, making sure that you're running the entire show, managing the personalities. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a tough order. I mean, we know Jim Schwartz can handle all that, but what I would want to know is how did guys like playing for him? What kind of energy did he bring? You know, does he fit in with your culture? Cause it's gotta be a, you know, it's got the culture fit has to, it has to be natural. So these are some things. But, I mean, just from an experience standpoint, he intrigues me the most.
2: actually I think I agree. I think Jim Schwartz is the guy that I'm like, oh, okay. You know, he's, he runs a wide nine, has done a lot of four-man fronts, which is sort of what the Browns do now. Um, I, he's a very intriguing guy. But I also know a lot of Browns fans are kind of looking at Brian Flores and, and – they're very interested in him as well. And I'll just be honest, yeah. I, I can't really speak a ton on the other two. I know Gerard Mayo has sort of been in the pipeline to become a DC eventually. I, I can't, at this while we're recording this, speak a ton to, you know, Sean Desai's qualifications at this point. So Flores and Schwartz are the two that I kind of know the most about. and And I do really like, I would take either, but I do kind of wonder what a guy like Jim Schwartz could do with this defense.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think with Jim Schwartz too, like bringing that certain like gravitas to the role, like especially with this team's issues right now, right? Like we talk about it, it maybe feels like there was a leadership vacuum has been a term used to describe them. And do they have somebody who, players you know respect kind of leading the charge like what were their feelings on Joe Woods and and playing for him and today guys are talking about you know I think JJ3 is the one who brought up getting a guy who players are willing to run through a wall for that they believe in that much and I do think a guy like that kind of fills that leadership void if there is one or that that voice in the room kind of automatically by bringing him so I definitely think that's intriguing and you know, Brian Flores, you know, from what I remember, you know, when he was the head coach in Miami, like the biggest thing and, and him with his defenses is the blitzing and the aggressiveness. Like maybe these guys could use a dose of that. Like, I, I do think that's what's missing is that leadership, that aggressiveness. Um, and when you talk about this defense needing a reset, I think that's what's like most important that you're going to go out and get to, to kind of help fix things maybe.
2: OK, can I end this by trying to put something to rest that I see on social media sometimes. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm wrong about this, but Mary Kay, I see a lot on social media where you have to hire a defensive coordinator that can take over as head coach. And I kind of feel like, no, that's not a qualification, because if you get to that point anyway, you're done. Like, it doesn't matter. You're going to an interim head coach. Like, it honestly doesn't matter at that point. That no. That's not on the Browns' minds at all, right?
1: No. That's not part of the agenda. That is not what this is about. You're not looking for somebody that can be the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns. What you need is someone that can come in and transform, transform this fractured and broken defense because that's really what it is. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just, I find it fascinating that the the pieces and the parts did not fit together on that defense to the point where, you know, here we are talking about Joe being gone and uh, starting all over again. But that's what they need to do. They need to. They need someone that can put it all back together. And also, um, you know, there there will be changes. There will be changes on this defense. They've got to go out and they've got to find some new guys. They got to. They've got to get some defensive tackles. Uh, they have to figure out what they're doing at linebacker. They have to figure out who can come back healthy and strong. I think the secondary is in pretty good shape, but. um but, you know, they need somebody to fix this thing because it's broken. And, uh, and again, it started to get better towards the end of the season. But I still think that, you know, there's a long way to go. They, they did not play the juggernauts of the NFL down the stretch per se. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done.
2: It, it is crazy that we're sitting here talking about the defensive coordinator is fired when we spent mm-hmm. – all off season and all training camp, and rightly so, by the way, talking about the talent on this defense and how could how good they could be. Because they were like – actually, they were legitimately good last year in the second half of the season. They're, they're, those are some, like, rock-solid, legitimate performances. When you go to Green Bay and you hold Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to what they did in the second half and give yourself a chance to win that game, that – that was a real performance, and it's just, it's just yeah. wild that it's a year later and we're like, oh, well, time for a new coordinator and we're questioning some of the talent, too.
0: Yeah, or you intercept Lamar Jackson four times in Baltimore in, in prime time. Like, there were, I think, reasons to believe. Like, And that's why, to me, it's like it was so surprising to hear guys talking about, like, toning things down or not understanding the system or guys not – putting in the time watching film, like questioning if that's happening, because this was like their third year in this defense where, so, you know, a lot of these guys, it was their second year in this defense, but for some guys it was their third year here doing this. Um, And I just think that that's why the fact that there was no carryover or there was missing something in that carryover from last year was so surprising this year because, It wasn't like it was a new system, and next year we are going to have that, right? So then if it does start slow or there are mistakes, it's going to be like, oh, well, it was a new system. But it's like when you were in the same system, there were these issues. Um, So I think that, to me, has always kind of been surprising, and and Joe Wood's not really having an answer for why there was that slow start. I mean, I do think injuries played a part in it, but it just kind of goes back to, like, good teams. (laughs) They figure out a way to win kind of regardless of those Things And the reality is every team deals with injuries. It might not be like the Browns where, you know, five of your starting linebackers have season ending injuries. But I think all these guys would tell you, like, you can't use that as the reason, the, the legitimate reason for why you are having so many problems on defense.
2: So the Browns uh, part ways with Joe Woods here on a Monday, the day we're recording this. Uh, we will come back. I know normally on Tuesdays, that's when you get your Hey Mary Kay podcast. We pushed that back a day since it was end of season stuff. Uh, we actually did. We have our textures really well trained. There were some people that didn't even need prompted Mary Kay, and they went into our replies and they were like, Hey, I know you haven't asked for questions yet, but I've got a Hey Mary Kay question. So uh, save those. You might need to resend them. I'll try to find them again, but uh, we'll put out that call to our texters tomorrow and we'll record a hey mary Kay podcast for wednesday if you want to get involved football insider cleveland.com slash brown's the blue banner at the top of the page to get the info for that and get signed up and make sure you're subscribe to our podcast because we got a busy off season coming uh apple podcast spotify and also search cleveland browns on cleveland.com on youtube uh to get all of our videos and this podcast in video form i guess audio form as a video eh, you'll figure it out All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.